On this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional, everybody buckle into your seats because Suzanne is going to be sharing all of her recent travel pet peeves. And there's quite a list. So here we go. Why, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional. I'm Michelle, and I'm here with Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing well. I have survived mama helicoptering, and I cannot even believe that I'm still that person who's going to go in and get involved, but I light a fire. (laughs) So... This leads me to think that maybe one of your kids told you that, like, mom, I'm old enough to take care of this. Just let it go. Not or one of I my wrong? kids. My husband told me oh. they can figure this out, Michelle. And I'm like, I understand they can, but I like to do it. Do they like you to do it? I think so. And if I can just get in there and assist in a little just a little bit and make sure a ball doesn't get dropped, I'm going to do it. Well, as long as he appreciates it and as long as it makes you happy to do it. Yes. He never asked for my help. It's just kind of what I do. And it it makes me feel important too. So I think it's a win-win. Rob just likes to throw out those little things every once in a while, but sometimes he does the same thing. I'm just going to say. Well, I know. I think we all do. We all tend to do the same thing. Yeah. So... That's kind of where I am today. How about you? Well, you knew it had to happen. You knew this was coming. But I just recently got back home from my travels, which I extended after our trip to Europe. And a day or two of travel, at the end of a lot of travel, I I had an irritating day of experiences. And so I think we should title this podcast Suzanne's Travel Pet Peeves. Suzanne's Travel (laughs) Pet Peeves. Yes. And, you know, if I just help one person out there understand that their behavior is irritating the shit out of everyone, (laughs) I will feel so much better about life in general. Because mm, there are things that just like... I think in general, my biggest pet peeve about life is people who do not recognize that they are not, that they are not the only person on the planet and that the world does not revolve around them and their life. (laughs) And so to inconvenience the people around them, they are oblivious to. And like I said, you know me, you knew it had to happen, but today's the day. I'm just going to unleash on a few pet peeves of mine. Okay, well, let's transition into our first segment, (laughs) Suzanne's Travel Pet Peeves. Here we go. Okay, Suzanne, I'm going to be brave here, and I am going to give you the floor to Uh, just list and... I'll jump in where I can or add stories where I can, but this is all about you. Yeah. Feel free to disagree or to talk me off my ledge when I, if I'm being too critical or too unrealistic, but I know that I'm not. But I'm going to start with 
I drop off my rental car in Seattle and I have to catch a shuttle to the airport. And it happens every single time I get on a shuttle that a family gets on the shuttle and they will pack the rental car facility will pack as many people onto that shuttle bus as they can. And there's probably seats for 20 people, but there could be 50 people on the bus. So what happens is a mom sits down and 10 of her kids sit down, taking up 10 seats next to her. You know, and we're talking about kids that are between the ages of, you know, say six to 16. And then you look around and you see, you know, the 80-year-old man standing. You see a 72-year-old woman who got on the bus with a walker. You see a nine-month pregnant woman standing. And why? Because children are sitting on the um, on the seats. And that mother is not bright enough to say, honey, get up, let the pregnant woman sit down. Honey, get up, let the old gentleman sit down. No, their kid has to take up the seat. And the mother thinks their kid is entitled to it, which kills me. So completely oblivious to everything else going on around her. Not only was there the parent um, who let their kids just have all the seats. And I'm exaggerating when I say 10 kids to one mom. You know, there was a mom that had like three kids. There was a mother who asked an older gentleman who was already sitting if her 12-year-old could have his seat because the poor thing was so exhausted. Because they- No. Yes, yes. And I, and I seriously, I looked at that woman with daggers. It's like, are you kidding me? And the nice gentleman, and he wasn't that old. I'm not going to say he was 80. I'm going to say he was maybe in his 60s. But he was like, absolutely, here, have a seat. And the guy stood up and gave this 12-year-old a seat. Please say, I I mean, totally wrong, totally disagree with it. But please say the kid at least said thank you, made eye contact, said thank you so much. The mom said thank you, some kind of gratitude given the mom, for this inappropriate- The mom said thank you. The mom said thank you, but the kid did not. And that the herein lies my problem because we are raising, and I'm not saying, I'm saying we in general because my kids I've already raised, but we are raising a culture of entitled children, children who think they are entitled to that seat. What happened to the respect for older people? There, you know, there was a time where, and I know I was raised this way. I never sat in a chair. I sat on the floor. If I'm in a room with all adults and I'm sitting on the chair, my dad would say, Suzanne, you get up and sit on the floor so grandpa can sit down. What has happened that we are raising children who think they're entitled to those seats? Oh, it just, it aggravates me so much. Yeah, it's a whole like culture there because not saying please and thank you, feeling entitled and having that pushed by your parents. You know, not everybody's going to look at you as special as your parents look at you. So they're really kind of setting you up. They're doing you a disservice moving forward in life because some people aren't going to tolerate that. And that 
kid is going to grow up clueless to what is correct and Mm -hmm. why he's struggling so much or why people are having issue with his behaviors. You right because you have no idea. You have no idea that it might be unacceptable to act the way you're acting because it was okay with your parents when you took the seat. It's just like, have we just become so self-absorbed that we can't see beyond what our needs are and see that someone's needs may be a little greater than ours and we should be accommodating that? Right. Have empathy, have compassion, and, you know, Mm -hmm. be respectful of your elders. Yeah. So I get off the shuttle. I'm in the Seattle airport. And I'm pointing out Seattle specifically. I'm calling them out because I don't know what their issue is. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know if they're understaffed. I don't know. But in the last six months, I've probably gone through the Seattle airport 10 times. And without exception, the TSA lines are absurd. And this particular trip, I got an email from Alaska Airlines, the airline I was traveling that day, warning me (laughs) to arrive at the airport three and a half hours before my scheduled flight. Now, my flight was only two and a half hours. (laughs) And they're telling me to arrive and stand in line at TSA for three and a half hours to ensure that I'll make my flight. And sure enough, I get to the airport and the TSA lines are ridiculous. It's like, do I know why? Does anyone know why? There's no explanation, but it is absurd. (laughs) And so you can see everyone's blood boiling just a little bit. You can see everyone just ready to lose it because they realize when they've arrived that they're going to be standing in a three and a half hour line just to get to their two hour flight. You might as well jump in a car and drive. And I just want to make a point that I do have TSA pre-check and I do have clear. So I know that my line is never going to be three and a half hours. It's worth it when you're a frequent traveler to invest in those two programs to get you through security. So I had just written down, it's like you were reading my mind, or maybe we are just so similar, but I had just written down the words clear and TSA pre-check to ask you a question about those. What were the lines like for those two options? Were they long also? Were they extended wait times? Yes, 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 and yes. And this is, and again, I, you know, Seattle just happens to be one of those airports that I travel through a lot. And there is no good explanation for why it is the way it is, except poor management. But even pre-check and clear, which in a normal airport, it takes me at the most 10 minutes to get through pre-check with clear. So yeah, I have to sing its praises. This particular day, it probably took me a half an hour, which... Again, when you do pre-check and clear, that's absurd. But (laughs) here is one of my big pet peeves is when people get in the pre-check line 
or the clear line and try to sneak through. Like nobody's going to notice they're not pre-check. <laughs> so you stand in this long line and then they get to the front of the line and it's their turn. And the person says, sir, you don't have pre-check or sir, you, you don't have clear. You have to go to the end of that line. And then they blow a gasket. It's like, well, what do you mean? I usually have pre-check or I have clear. Where does it say I don't have clear? You know, and it's like, seriously, buddy, you're going to have this argument. You know, you don't have pre-check. You know, you don't have clear. Get out of line and go get in the line you have to be in. So big issue with that. Yeah, I I have a big issue with that too. And I will say when we flew into the United States from our cruise, our flights were London, Denver, Denver, Las Vegas. Now, United considered this a valid connection because it was an hour and a half, but I thought it was a quick connection. We got in a little late. So as we're running, not running, like I shouldn't say I was running in the airport, but as we're headed to pick up our bags, because we have to clear customs there, we see our flight. And I'm like, there's no way it's going to be there. There's no way that flight is still going to be waiting for us. So all we can do is try, get down there, Of course, my bag is a very, well, it's not even the very last one off because it's still in London. So we've waited and uh, totally frustrated at that point, have to talk to somebody. Again, we're racing against the clock, have to talk to somebody about where the bag's going to end up, what we need to do. And they're like, go to your next destination. I said, but we're going to miss our flight. They're like, go try and get on your flight. I'm like, okay. So we drop our other bags. Well, it takes us out of security, so we have to go back through security in the United States, which is very frustrating. I know that was very long-winded to get to what I'm trying to say. That ties back to your story. But anyway, they do in Denver have a TSA clear line, where if you're both, you get to go in that line, and it's usually very, very fast. Again, very anxious at this point, very much unable to catch my breath. So Rob and I get in this line. Everything goes fine with mine. But when Rob goes to do his eyes, ah, nope, doesn't recognize you. When he goes to do his fingerprints, oh, no, doesn't recognize you. So I am sure everybody in that line is thinking that (laughs) we're in the wrong line. (laughs) Yeah, but we weren't. And so they finally had to maybe throw out his email and his birth date or something else. And of course, Rob's having me type it in, but I'm shaking because I'm so nervous about catching my flight that it just was very stressful. And I'm sure everybody in that line thought we were in the wrong line, but we weren't. Well, okay. So there are exceptions to my rule that not everyone who tries to sneak in is really trying to sneak in, that they really justifiably could be in pre-check and clear. And it's yeah, a glitch in this But system. I was very frustrated. Yeah. And it wasn't even Rob's fault, but I was frustrated the system that it was tying us up when we could have been like through security by now and on the train to try and catch our flight, which we did make because it was delayed. But oh, thank goodness. Yeah. It was very stressful. Not a happy time. This is what kills me because they make you wait in line for some people, not us, but three and a half hours to get through TSA. Nobody has the patience to go through that. And as you watch the clock ticking and you see it's getting closer and closer to your boarding time. Yeah. I think people, it's not a pleasant experience. And then my issue with all of this is then you have flight attendants complaining that passengers are getting crabby and unruly. And it's like, well, okay, let's take some responsibility for why passengers might be 
a little bit crabby and not necessarily, you can only expect so much from someone. If you have to stand in line for three and a half hours and you see the clock ticking and you see you're going to miss your flight if TSA doesn't get their shit together, yeah, you're going to get a little cranky. And then a flight attendant's complaining to their union because, oh, poor us, we have cranky passengers and and people are becoming more and more difficult to deal with once they get on the plane. Well, I wonder why. Maybe we solve the problem that's causing the crankiness and make travel a little bit better experience for everyone. And maybe the crankiness will just go away. Listening to your story about the Seattle airport, it has me freaking out just a little bit because (laughs) I am getting ready to fly to, uh, I'm going to Anchorage, but doing a stopover in Seattle to see my son Cameron. And the thought of dealing with TSA and clear there, I mean, I I do have both though, so my line will be shorter, but just the number of people in a small confined area in the dead of summer, waiting, waiting. Oh my gosh, that is like my worst nightmare. Uh And now I'm going to stress about it. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'll prepare. Stress and prepare. Right. Stress and prepare. Being prepared is the number one thing. (laughs) But okay, but back to my pet peeves list. So The next thing that really irritates me is when you're in line, whether it's TSA or the regular line or priority or clear, it's those idiots who think it's okay for them to cut in line and it's going to save them five seconds if they just get ahead of one more person. And, you know, it's like there's a line for a reason. You're, you're the next in line. So don't try to cheat your way to the front of the line. Don't try to sneak ahead and cut in front of people. You know, and I know we've talked about this road rage. For me, it's cars that zoom up and cut in front of you because they think they have the right to cut in line and get to the front of the line because they're them, because they're more special, more important than everyone else. It's like, just take your place in line and get through it like everyone else has to do. And I'm a huge rule follower. And so you're not going to see me cutting in line. I will say on our way to Europe that our friends have top priority boarding. And they're like, well, you just board with me because I can bring a person and Rob can board with her because she can bring a person. But I still felt like I was breaking a rule. And I had to get over that. But I should have just still stayed in my group, which was group one. I only got on a few seconds earlier, but I didn't have to deal with the the people. But I still felt a little bit bad about that. And I think other people should feel like that too. Yeah, wait your turn. Everyone has a turn. Wait for yours. And, And I'm not a patient person. I'm one of those people that I don't like to stand in line. I will not go to a restaurant if I have to wait. I will go to restaurants that I have a reservation at because I don't like to wait. But I'm not going to cut in line to get there five seconds sooner than everyone else. I'm not going to do it. And I really didn't know about you being impatient. That's not something I'm aware of. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, Well, how about those people too, since we're talking about pet peeves and this is very much one, that pre-board saying they have an issue. And again, you know, I shouldn't be sitting there watching each person to see if I can visibly see their issue. 
but I find myself doing it. And some people look perfectly fine just getting on the plane and you're like, why do they need extra time and assistance? Oh yeah. Good point. It's like, this is more important. I'm more important. I need to get on when they clearly, and yeah, you're right. I shouldn't be judgmental either, but yeah, when 20 people get up when they're pre-boarding and the flight attendant has to come on and say, or the gate agent has to come on and say, again, let's remind you, this is pre-board only. It's like, okay. Yeah. So if it's not your turn to pre-board, sit your ass back down and just wait <laughs> yeah. your turn. Like we yeah. all are. Well, and okay. And I don't know if you heard the story about the jet that had to sit on the runway for four and a half hours. Yes. In 115 degree heat with no air conditioning. So why do you even want to get on that plane any sooner than you have to? It's like, why do that to yourself? Because it's going to be hot. Yeah. Can you even imagine? Why didn't they just take the plane back and let the passengers off? That yeah. is someone, horrible. Yeah. Someone really screwed up that day. Hopefully someone lost their job over that one because, yeah, there's no excuse. There's Can no you excuse. Just imagine, like, let's just take a look at this. <laughs> Being around people who are now very anxious getting uh -huh. upset because we're not moving. The updates are just prolonging everything. It's hot here. People starting to smell and sweat and no food, no water. You could have already been at your location. Like, oh my God, that would be my worst nightmare. I get so claustrophobic anyway. My worst nightmare too. And again, it goes back to my comments, but passengers aren't allowed to be cranky. And I... I feel like every single person on that plane had the right to be cranky. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. And you know, I was on a United flight recently and uh -huh. the flight attendant, she was very chatty. She was a very nice lady. She was really tough though. And she mm -hmm. was sharing a story about how a passenger got irate with her. So she hit him in the head with a coffee pot. I'm sure. And she still has her job. He, I, I can't tell you what he did to her. I can't remember. Maybe he put... I. I Totally shouldn't have done that, whatever it was to her, but her reaction was hit him in the I'm head. Uncalled for. Yeah. Coffee Uncalled for. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So back to my pet peeves because my list goes on. So also at the Seattle airport, there's a train that you have to take to get to different concourses, you know, the N concourse, the S concourse. Now, and this happens in Atlanta too, drives me crazy. You have to get on this shuttle. Everyone has to get on this shuttle. They come every 90 seconds, but <laughs> you're on that train and you see people rushing toward the train yelling, hold that train for us. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking there are a hundred other people on this train that all were able to get on this train on time. And people are coming running towards the train saying, hold it hold that train, hold the door. And it's like, no, wait for the next train in 90 seconds, for God's sake. Don't make a hundred other people wait for you so you can rush on at the last second and make the train 90 seconds earlier than the next train. Don't you wish you could just stand there and have an, like a close button and you could just push it? Yes. And just watch it close. And like on an elevator? Yeah, like on an elevator. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ooh, yeah. Okay, and there's one more that I have to touch on that, or there are two more actually that I have to touch on. I know I'm just beating this into the ground, but 
it's the pre-check rookies, the people who get pre-checked for the first time and or or their pre-check and so they bring their whole army of family through pre-check and they don't know they don't have to take off their shoes they don't have to take off their jackets they don't have to take their computers out they leave their phone in their pocket they are wearing too much jewelry they don't know the rules of pre-check <laughs> and so you stand behind them wanting to get through in your five minute time that you're used to and you have the idiot who has the stroller they want to push through pre-check or they have the diaper bag that has bottles and diapers and creams and ointments and baby food and and you're just like no 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 pre-check yes. yeah i constantly roll my eyes as i'm waiting i've already had my id looked at they send me over to put my bags up on the conveyor belt I always get behind that person who is a rookie and yep. is taking everything out of his bag still. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I get very frustrated with right. that also. And then, and then what is the protocol? Do you cut in line in front of him? You put your bag and just hope that your bag makes it through after his so you can get through the, the, what's it called? You know, the thing that checks you for metal, the metal detector. <laughs> Or do you stand there behind him while he's taken off his belt, taken off his cowboy hat, taken off his boots, taken off his jacket, and bundling everything up in a wad? And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to shove that cowboy hat or that belt buckle where the sun don't shine because I'm frustrated <laughs> and I'm wanting to put my bag in front of their bag, but then. Yeah. I am polite and I am kind and I just deal with it and get frustrated. Right. But they don't deserve your politeness and your kindness. No, That's my whole point is they, they've forgotten the people around them. They're only worried about themselves, but yet you're kind and you're polite because that's who you are and they don't deserve it. Because I would give up my seat on the bus. I have given up my seat on the bus well, yeah. or the train or even the airplane if someone's wanted to sit next to their spouse. Yeah. Okay. I have one last pet peeve that dun, I will tell dun, you about, dun, which is similar. It's the last one. Yeah. It's similar to the first one. Um, it's when you're sitting at the gate waiting to board and there are not enough seats. And why are there not enough seats? Because someone sat down and then put their carry-on bag in the seat next to them. So no one would sit next to them. So a carry-on bag is getting a seat, but you're not. Because someone decided their carry-on deserves that seat more than you do. That is really frustrating when you're trying to find a seat. And I'm a little strategic about where I sit and where I'm comfortable if I want my back to the wall or my back. I just... I'm really weird about where I sit. And so it does take me a, a little while to zero in on where I want to be. And then when I do, and I can't sit there because someone has their bag down yeah. up on the seat, it is very frustrating. And yeah. And so then do you have to be that person that says, hey, can I sit here? You know, then you're going to have a confrontation. But, you would have to be that person and ask, but I wouldn't be that person because right, I would I rather either. stand. I would too, but then I get irritated because it's like, seriously, 
put your stupid carry-on on the floor and let someone sit down. Right. And, and as we've said several times, you want to be the nice person, the bigger person, but then you have to carry around those feelings of irritation and grumpiness with you, which then right. gets trickled down in some way to other people who are like, wow, she's grouchy. Well, I wasn't when I got to the airport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But look at this long list of things. And I just want to say that I texted you this list of pet peeves based on one day's experience, because this is everything that happened to me on the same day from start to finish. It's and how like, did you wind down after that? Like, how did you release all that tension that this day brought you? Were you able to before you actually flew or did you just have to wait till you get home? You got home to decompress? No, because I get on the plane and we had a very nice flight crew. I had a decent seat and I don't know, I shook it off. And I probably had a mimosa or something. I thought you were going to say, or two, or three. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was only on a two-hour flight or two-and-a-half-hour flight. So I usually don't drink on those short flights if I have to drive when I get to the airport. So I think I had a, one mimosa and then because I had to drive when I got to the airport. But I don't know. It It does roll off of me because this is... Because these are typical experiences. This is something that you experience every single time you go through a crowded airport. And at some point, someone's got to step up and say, wait just a second. This is not okay. And I'm using our platform as a, from our podcast as my way of saying, this is not okay. You are not the only person on the planet. Yes, you had the floor to do that. So when you look back on everything that you shared today about your travel pet peeves, what would you like to remind our listeners before going to the airport? Just what I just said. It's like you are not the only person on the planet. Respect the people around you and have a little generosity when it comes to sharing your space. You have to share your space in a public place. And it's like, be willing to do so. Yeah. And don't and act so entitled, like you're more important than everyone else in the airport. Exactly. And I get not wanting to share my physical space. I, I do appreciate boundaries there. But when you're traveling, you have to compromise on those. So all good points. And the notes I wrote down for people traveling, things that they should remember is be courteous be aware, pay attention, and come prepared. All excellent suggestions. Okay, well, should we move on to closing or is there anything else you want to throw in there before? No, I covered everything that happened in one day and my travel experience, so we can move on. Okay, well, here we go. Wow, Suzanne, that was quite a list. And I can't believe that all those things happened to you in just one day of travel. I can't either. Well, I can because it happens every single time we travel. But yeah, now does. I've gotten it off my chest and it's behind me. You can let it go. I can let it go. Until the next time you get on an airplane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, I do completely agree and empathize with the experience you had. Travel is not fun for all those reasons, but just look for the silver linings where you can. Find a good book, put on some earphones, 
get a cup mm -hmm. of coffee when you get there and don't be part of the chaos. Good point. Good point. Words well, to live by. I think they are good words. And I just, before we wind up this episode, want to remind everyone that in the month of August, we are reading The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. It would be a great book to travel with, an easy summer read. And I can't wait to talk about it. I just really like that book. Have you started it yet, Suzanne? I have not, but I will start it. I just ordered it off of Amazon, so I will... I will start reading it as soon as it arrives. Okay. Well, it's a page turner. Just be prepared to not go to bed when you think you're going to. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Okay. Well, with all that shared, Suzanne, oh. take us out with something to sip on. Okay. I've got it right here. If you cannot do great things, then do small things in a great way. I like that a lot. And there is something to sip on. Until next week, cheers, everyone. Cheers. <laughs>